For our scripture reading, I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 10. I'll begin reading at verse 17 to verse 24. Luke chapter 10, verse 17, that can be found on page 1032 in your pew Bible. Chapter 10 begins with Jesus sending out 72 short-term missionaries to travel throughout various towns and cities uh, that uh, he was actually about to go. And so he sends them out before him to preach the kingdom. And we come to verse 17, where the 72 have returned and give testimony to Jesus. Uh, Verses 21 through 22 will constitute my sermon text, but for context, we're going to look at verse 17 through 24. Let us now hear God's word. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then turning to his disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. As far the reading of God's Holy Word made his blessing upon the preaching and teaching of it. Congregation, at this time I invite you to turn in the forms and prayers book that is in the pew in front of you. We're going to turn to page 253. And we'll begin with question and answer 119, and we'll go to the next page, question and answer 121. Congregation, what is the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Why has Christ commanded us to address God as our Father? To awaken in us at the very beginning of our prayer what should be basic to our prayer, a childlike reverence and trust that through Christ God has become our Father. 
and will much less refuse to give us what we ask in faith than will our parents refuse us the things of this life. Why the words who is in heaven? These words teach us not to think of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly way and to expect from his almighty power everything needed for body and soul. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we pray that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of Jesus Christ is teaching the church. May you grant us, O Lord, a deepened faith, a fervent hope, and an ardent love for you, O God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Congregation of Christ, in the context of our passage, Luke reports many other instances where Jesus prays either privately or publicly. Sometimes Jesus prays in the presence of a multitude, sometimes just in the presence of his disciples, his inner circle. Sometimes he prays privately. He goes to a solitary place to pray throughout the night. We do well to be reminded that Jesus, too, is truly human. And he prayed to his Father in heaven. He had a truly human body, truly human nature, yet without sin. Yet even as he tr- having a truly human nature, Jesus knew the afflictions and weaknesses that came along with having a human body and human nature. And so he called out to God, his Father, for help, for strength. He called out to God, his Father, that God the Father would be glorified through the Son, through his life. He prayed to God, his Father, giving thanks and praising the Father for his blessing, help, and strength. Jesus gives thanks to his Father in heaven. Jesus gives thanks to his Father in heaven. When we think of the word Father, when we think of the office of Father, what comes to mind? What comes to your mind? Some Father's Day is one of the hardest days of the year. They would avoid it like the plague if they could. And they hear people talk about how great their father was, and when they hear it, they cringe and groan and moan because they experienced something terrible. And then you have those who have faithful, loving fathers who love the Lord. And Father's Day, a day like that, is just a wonderful day to celebrate Dad. But to call God your father... Pretty amazing, isn't it? It's pretty amazing. No, no, it's awesome. It is awesome to call God your father. Because as the scriptures teach, he is a father to the fatherless. He is a father to the orphan. He is a father to those who are in deep and dark places in life. 
He is a father that is infinitely greater and powerful and loves deeper than any earthly father could ever. To call God your father, Christian, is awesome. Young people, to call God your father is wonderful. It is awesome. That you have a heavenly father that cares for you in such a way that the world around you, even those closest to you, who don't know your aches and pains in your heart, the sorrows that you carry, the afflictions, the spiritual afflictions that you carry, your earthly father may not even know that, but God, your father knows it. Isn't it an awesome thing that you can confide in your father in heaven? You can commune, you can have a holy conversation with him because Jesus made the way. Jesus gives thanks to his Father, and we learn by his example of prayer. In fact, there were times where Jesus prayed to the Father just for the sake of his disciples, so his disciples would hear him pray to the Father. I'm praying to you now, Father, for the sake of these brothers and sisters so that they can hear my relationship with you. Jesus gives thanks to the Father. And we're going to look at verses 21 to 22 in particular this evening. Where we see, first of all, Jesus rejoices in the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus gives thanks... Or Jesus gives praise, that word gives thanks can also mean praise. Before Jesus gives thanks or praise, his heart is filled with what? With joy. He rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father. Such is the disposition of a, of a Christian when they come before God, the Father. To come with a heart that rejoices. This word, rejoice, is a very important word. And it's a word that's different than the, verse, or the word used in verse 17 and 20. Look with me at 17 and 20. The 72 returned with joy. The 72 rejoiced, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject." To us in your name. And then at verse 20, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice in verse 17 and 20 is different than the one used in verse 21. The one used in verse 17 and 20 is a word that is also used of grace, that they are rejoicing at the grace of God. They are rejoicing. They, they take great joy in the fact that God's grace is at work. The one that's used in verse 21, when Jesus rejoiced, he rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And it has the idea, listen to this, it has the idea of jumping for joy. Jumping for joy. Jumping in celebration. We have a couple 
Covenant basketball players here tonight. You make a le- the final shot, last second of the game, and you, you nail it. You are jumping for joy. That's the idea here. Jesus is celebrating in the Spirit. Why is he rejoicing? Well, the 72 missionaries returned to Jesus rejoicing that they had authority over the powers of darkness. They rejoiced that they were able to heal, cast out demons, preach the kingdom. They experienced the power of God, the power of the kingdom. And then Jesus says to them, at verse 20, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And at that same hour, he rejoiced in the Spirit, because the kingdom of God is near in the Messiah. The kingdom of God is proclaimed. And these 72 have their names written in heaven. The 72 rejoice. They are delighted in God's grace. They are delighted in the, in the kingdom. But when Jesus rejoiced, he jumped for joy, exuberant celebration. He tells the multitude they shouldn't rejoice that powers of darkness and evil are subject to them, but rejoice that their names are written in heaven. Rejoice that God's grace has saved you and granted you eternal life. Are you a child of God? Are you a child of God this evening? Are your names written in heaven? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Well, if you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting solely in His precious work on the cross, for the salvation of our souls. Praise God and give thanks to the Father. Why would Jesus say this to the 72? There are people who are actively engaging in gospel ministry. Why would he say, do not rejoice that the powers of evil are subject to you? Why would he say that? Why would he say rejoice in that your name is written in heaven? Why would he say that? Isn't it a joyful thing to see the powers of evil destroyed at the name of Jesus? Well, there are people who actively engage in gospel ministry, and through their gospel ministry, they see God do awesome things. But they know not the Lord. There are people who preach and teach and have a powerful ministry, but only Jesus knows the heart. And yet their names are not written in heaven, as if by their works they inherit eternal life. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. Jesus says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. 
On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So they know that they are engaging in a ministry in Jesus' name. And yet they come to Jesus. I have all this. I have this great resume. I have a resume of preaching the kingdom, of teaching the kingdom, of casting out demons, of healing the sick, doing it in your name. And what does the Lord say? Get away from me. I never knew you. And so Jesus in our passage is saying, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Don't rejoice that you're casting out the demons. Now, Jesus oftentimes uses figures of speech, going from the lesser to the greater. We rejoice in the great things God has done. But the point he's trying to make here is rejoice that your names are written in my hands and in my heart, that your names are written in heaven. Do you know Do you know if your name is written on Jesus' hands and hearts? Do you know if your name is written in heaven? If so, rejoice with exceedingly great joy. Give thanks to the Father with a disposition, a heart that rejoices in the Spirit. Jesus celebrated in the Spirit and gave thanks to the Father who is sovereign over all creation. Look what he says. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. He calls his Father the sovereign Lord. For that's what that means. Lord of heaven and earth is attributing to God complete and total sovereignty over all things heaven and earth, over all creation. Heaven and earth belong to the Lord. Everything belongs to Him, and therefore everything is under His control. And every place under all creation is under His rule and reign. Jesus gives thanks to the Father Because his father is the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth. Yes, the devil roams around the world like a roaring lion. Yes, darkness dwells on the earth. But God possesses lordship over all things. Even power over the demons. Even authority over the darkness of evil. Nothing is out of his control. For this is the father's world. And Jesus, in his thanksgiving to God, in his praise to God, acknowledges God his Father as the sovereign Lord. And that is important when we come to God the Father in prayer. Because if God is not sovereign, if God is not sovereign, why pray? Think about that for a moment. If your God is not sovereign, if he is impotent, if he is powerless over creation, over the world, over the heavens and the earth, he is not worthy to be prayed to. 
Wasn't this the God of Egypt or the gods of Egypt? They were powerless and impotent. They weren't sovereign. And Moses brings to them or declares in the name of Yahweh, the sovereign Lord, that he alone is God. Our sovereign Lord is also our Father in heaven. Our sovereign Lord owns everything in the heavens and on the earth. And therefore, all things are at His disposal. And He gives many good gifts to men. Gives many good gifts to us, His children, from His very creation. You see where I'm going with this? Why the sovereign Lord of all creation is important when we come to God our Father? is because He has access. He owns everything. And from what He owns, He gives to you and I graciously. Your bellies are satisfied, aren't they? You have everything you need for life and godliness because God has given to you what you need. There was a seminary institute down south, I believe it was in Texas, and they were running into financial difficulty. And they were at a board of directors meeting, and there was one well-known pastor Uh, and professor who was praying. And he said, Lord, Lord, you own every beast in the field and the cattle on a thousand hills. Can you sell some for us so we can make payment? Now, obviously, he's using figure of speech there in, in those terms. But did you hear the prayer? You hear what he's saying? Lord, you own everything. Everything is at your disposal. It belongs to you. And we're pleading for you. Please answer this need. The next day, they received more than they could ever think or imagine. Answered prayer. They asked, they seeked, they knocked. Because the sovereign Lord answered their prayer. From heaven... God sent his son Jesus to be the bread from heaven, our heavenly manna, that whoever eats of the manna from heaven will live forever. He not only provides from the earth in which we created, but he provided from heaven itself when he sent the son, who is the sovereign Lord incarnate. The sovereign Lord gives thanks to the sovereign Lord. And yet there's one sovereign Lord. What? Jesus rejoices in the Holy Spirit. Jesus praises the sovereign Lord of all creation. Now Jesus praises the gracious will of the Father. He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Jesus praises and gives thanks to the Father because it is is the Father's gracious will that he conceals these things from some people and reveals them to others. And he uses a play on words there with conceals and reveals. The two words sound very similar. 
The Father conceals these things from some, and he reveals them to others. Now, before we understand who the Father conceals from and reveals to, what are these things? What are these things that he's referring to? Well, these things are the things that are in their previous context. When Jesus sent out the 72 to go into every town, and they healed the sick, cast out the demons, declared the coming of the kingdom, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And the kingdom of God has been made known. The things of the kingdom have been made known to those people God chose to reveal them to. He conceals them. He conceals these things, the things of the kingdom of God, the coming of the Messiah, the Messiah who ushered into the world the kingdom of God, the Spirit of God working through the the Son of God when He preached the kingdom of God, healing the sick and casting out demons. To those who believe in His name, to them He gave the right to become children of God. And so all the signs of the kingdom pointing to the Christ our Lord, the Messiah, those are the things that will be revealed to those whom the Father reveals them to. And so Jesus gives thanks to the Father because according to his gracious will, he conceals these things, these kingdom realities, from the wise and understanding, or from the wise and intelligent. And in the Bible, when we talk about the wise and intelligent, it's oftentimes referring to the proud and arrogant, those who are wise in their own eyes not willing to submit and humble themselves before the Sovereign Lord. They've hardened their hearts and reject the will of God. They also reject the Christ of God and lack spiritual sight and hearing. And it is God's gracious will that the wise and understanding remain spiritually blind and don't believe. But it's important to note they are spiritually blind because They are born that way and choose to remain that way. Then Jesus praises or gives thanks to the Father because the Father reveals these kingdom realities to little children. And these refer to the humble, the least of these. To those who humble themselves before the Father. He reveals or discloses the mysteries of the kingdom to those who draw near to God through Christ. God, according to his gracious will, conceals and reveals. And those whom he reveals it to, they enter the kingdom and have their names written in heaven according to God's plan. And they do so through the means of conversion, that is repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. And then in verse 22, Jesus says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal. There's an extraordinary, unique relationship between the Father and the Son. For the Father and the Son are one, as Jesus says in John's Gospel. They have an intimate knowledge, one with the other, 
To know the Father rightly and truly is to know the Son. And to know the Son is to know the Father. A person cannot know the Father without knowledge and faith in the Son. That's why Jesus told the the Jews who rejected Him that you worship your Father, the devil. Those are hard words. But you come to the Father through Me. Congregation, we call God our Father because Jesus opened our blind eyes to see the glory of God our Father. And in believing, we have come to know. And we are known by our Father. And so we too give thanks to the Father because He has revealed to us the kingdom. How are you in giving thanks to God? What is your prayer life like? I've asked you that last Sunday evening. A person's prayer life says a lot, a lot about your spiritual life, your walk with Jesus. It says a lot about mine. Our prayer life that includes gratitude to God says a lot about what we think about our God. And so how are we in giving thanks to God? Is it part of your DNA to wake up and praise God and give thanks to Him for life and breath, for His mercies that are new every morning? What say you, congregation? What say you? This is a very important text of Scripture for every one of us to hear. Very important. If you're not rejoicing that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, then you need to do some self-reflecting. Because what's the alternative of your name being in the Lamb's book of life. The alternative is eternal condemnation and hell. You lack assurance? Young people, you lack assurance? Do you know what Jesus is talking about here? Has it been revealed to you? Has your sin been revealed to you? Have you come to Christ repentant, believing in Him? Let me ask you even a deeper question. Do you care? Do you care? Because if you don't care, then we need to talk. There needs to be a holy conversation between you and your Father in heaven. And if you need to talk, your elders are here, your pastor's here. We would love to talk with you. Because this is a very weighty, very weighty subject matter that has eternal consequences. 
Are you calling out to God your Father? Is he your Father through Christ? Quickly, verse 23, then turning to the disciples, he said privately. So he turns to the disciples, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to see what you see and did not see it and hear what you hear and did not hear it. The disciples heard and saw something that the saints of old longed for, longed to hear and see the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the kingdom, God visiting his people and ushering it in his kingdom. Just like the the prophet and prophetess in the beginning of Luke who saw the Christ child and said, Lord, now I can depart. I have seen your salvation. I have seen your salvation. We come to the Father through the Son and in the joy of the Spirit. I could go into this text and talk about Prayer as Trinitarian, praying to the Father through the Son and by the Spirit. But I'll save that for another time. The Father, our Heavenly Father, is worthy of our praise, worthy of our gratitude. Come to Him. Come to Him through Christ in the joy of the Spirit because He has given to us everything we need for life and godliness. He has given us an eternal salvation that shall never perish or fade away. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we give thanks to you because you, oh Lord, have revealed to your people, your children, the glorious blessings of your kingdom. You have revealed to us the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, we have been grafted into your family. The church. And Father, we pray that you would help us, your people, to be a people that are filled with joy of the Spirit. Celebrating joyfully the great things that you have done for us. And so help us, O Lord, to daily offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. Help us daily to look to Christ and be grateful for the joy of your salvation that is found solely in Him. Help us, Father, to worship you in spirit and in truth and with the joy of the Spirit. For in Christ's name we pray.